Hello, James. Hello, Jack. How are you doing on this fine day in quarantine? The days really uh, start to stretch into each other uh, at this point, but um, I'm making the best of it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I feel like I've gotten a lot done during quarantine, but I also, I don't know if that's because I have a sort of warped sense of time. Anyways, you know, I, I'm sure my quarantine is going better than many. And if, if you're among those people who are having a rough quarantine, then, you know, just hands, we're, we go out for you. We're, uh, we're thinking of you. Anyways, we don't need to dwell on that kind of thing. Let's talk some poker. Good. Yeah, I'm excited for it. This game comes from a Just Hands member. It was posted in the Just Hands Slack group. Uh, and it comes from a 510 home game, which transitioned to being online, I guess, probably as a result of the quarantine. So there's a 1K buy-in for this game. And Hero has Queen of Spades, Queen of Clubs, raises to $25. Folds around a hijack with three bet to $90. And it folded to back to the hero who decided to call. So do we have the hero's position? I don't know, but nine-handed earlier than the hijack. So somewhere between under the gun and the low jack, which... That's going to be fairly similar ranges. Yeah. Especially uh, live, I think we have a penchant to play just a little bit more than perhaps... We ought to in early position. Regardless, the most important thing is that we have queens and that and mo- most opponents probably aren't going to adjust dramatically between under the gun or especially like under gun one and low jack. So we can be probably assume that this three bet is somewhat strong as many three bets are, but isn't uh, you know thinking that it's up against like a 7% opening range. So, you know, therefore I would say Four betting is within the question. Uh, the, the stacks to start the hand are a little bit less than a thousand. The effective stack at this point is eight hundred and thirty dollars. So facing ninety, what do you think? Flat or four bet to like, I guess maybe two fifty or something like that. Yeah, part of the issue with four betting is we're really on an island. Like when it goes, we get five bet. Yeah, it's really unclear if if we're gonna be like up and up against enough like ace king where we're kind of chopping, or if we can comfortably fold. Um, it's gonna depend a lot on our opponent. Do we have any like read? I think it says something about the opponent in the description. It does so? Villain is a stronger rec player. Preflop when he is raising and three betting, it's typically with reasonable ranges. But he also have a limp, he has a limping range of garbage. So post-flop, his weakness is difficulty differentiating between relative value and absolute value. So it's overvaluing a straight on a one-liner with a flush, for example. I typically take these spots post-flop um, against players that I think will be weaker post-flop than me. I just I just think I'm gonna do like a better job navigating that. And when it's not even clear whether a four bet is like a slam dunk good play, I kind of default to being a bit more passive here. 
I think there's that's reasonable, and there's there's a lot of logic behind that sort of train of thought. The one thing that to me is sort of an issue with this particular opponent and taking this hand post flop is that based on what it says about this player and the types of mistakes that this player makes, I don't think we're going to have an opportunity to take advantage of that really. Maybe occasionally, but rarely with you know low SPR. I mean, we're going to be, if we call, we'll be heading to the flop with uh, like four to one SPR. And so, you know, how often is Queen's going to make a hand where another hand pays it off when it really shouldn't? Like this is a player that, essentially what we're saying is that this player, their main mistake is they they probably overvalue hands post-flop. Yeah, so, yeah, the only scenario could be, like, on a low board, they're overvaluing jacks a little bit, but even in that scenario, like, we're not necessarily feeling great about calling down with pocket queens. I think we'll be able to get, like, a good read based on bet sizing on, like, uh, an ace or king high board. I just, I think we can just comfortably fold after we flat here pre-flop. And we get some more aggression on those boards. But... Yeah, I don't know. It it could definitely go either way. If we only think this player is like five betting all in with aces and kings, then well, I don't know. Then then maybe four bet is better because then we just like find out the hands that like when we're in really bad shape um, and we don't have to put any more money into the pot after that. Yeah, it can be tricky to define our opponent's range. To me, the the main reason I wouldn't forbid here is if my opponent's range was just very strong. If we're talking, if we're saying we're up against the range of like jacks plus and ace king, then I don't think the incentive to forbid is very high. If we're talking about a range of tens plus and ace queen plus, now all of a sudden I do think forbid becomes somewhat valuable relative to flat, especially because flatting does not, we, we only save money against aces, kings at the expense of sort of letting ace king and maybe ace queen, ace queen draw out on us or ace queen be able to bluff us. And so, you know, just flatting doesn't mean that like we don't lose everything to aces and kings a significant portion of the time or just let ace king get there uh when it maybe would have shoved and we can call off or uh call and we can deny equity on the flop uh or play very well against that hand on the flop since we're not going to put in a lot of money when an ace or king comes and we are going to put in a lot of money when an ace or king does not come so i think that that wider range we're we're suddenly incentivized to four bet and i or at this as you know, at this stack depth, I think if we're much deeper, then the cost of putting in money against aces and kings is a lot higher. Now, if we think that this range could be wider than ace queen plus tens, then I think four bet becomes very incentivized, uh, both for value and denial. And I, I think in in almost any case, 
we sort of are resigned to stacking off. We can maybe make a hero fold if we're very confident that aces and kings shoves. Although I still think, I mean, if that's the case, we still want to four bet and then just fold. But yeah, I think typically four bet call off is what I would want to do here. If we were smack dab under the gun and we thought our opponent was going to adjust to that, then I think probably just call it is fine. Now, I do think against this player, this sort of opponent description, what does become incentivized is at deeper stack depths, flatting with hands like 10-9 suited, 9-8 suited, 8-7 suited, 10-8 suited, jack-9 suited, jack-10 suited, obviously like queen-jack, other suited broadways, but that all becomes very, you know, more profitable than it should be because our opponent is very likely to stack off with, uh, you know, one-pair type hands on boards where maybe those hands should realize that they're beat quite a bit. Yeah, I I think that was a a really good summary of like the factors you should be taking into account. Yeah, a lot of it's going to be based on how wide the opponent is here three betting us. There could be a nice game flow thing too for four betting, which is that it's really not fun with most of our range to be three bet by imposition players. And so if you know, if you're early in the session and you can dissuade future three bets by four betting, uh, you know, and if that means like you four bet and stack off versus aces or kings, like it still shows a willingness to four bet that I think dissuades three betting. And if you get a fold or a flop call, sorry, a call and then a fold on the flop, those are even better. So there's, there's that to consider. So Hero does decide to call. We get to the flop with. Gets like 195 in the pot and 740 behind. The flop is king of hearts, jack of spades, nine of clubs. Hero checks, uh, which I think is pretty uncontroversial here. And villain bets $125. I think I would find a tight fold here, or sort of a tight fold. Yes, we're still losing to ace-queen, but if we're in early position, that might not be in full combos. And also we block it, so there's only eight combos total possible. Yeah, I think yeah we could be losing to like jacks and kings, which is six combos, and then ace-king probably in full is here. So that's um, 12 combos, I believe, so... Yeah, we're. I think we're just behind here um, a lot, and um, yes, we do have like the the gut shot to the ten. But yeah, I I think I'd just find kind of a snug fold here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in part, it it comes along with the idea that we're probably up against a fairly tight three betting range by virtue of us having not four bet. So if that range is something like tens plus ace king ace queen, now we're up against a range that's very, very strong. Uh, six sets, as you mentioned, six over pairs, and twelve top pair top kickers. And the problem is also that if ace queen is present, then when we make our straight, we can get uh, we can get stacked, and our opponent can end up playing very well against us. And so that is uh, tricky. So 
I think fold is probably best here. If we're deeper, then I think raise, you know, you can put raise on the table. Obviously, I think we have an advantage in terms of having queen 10. And I think that we probably also have, we could easily have more sets than our opponent. Uh, it's not a guarantee, but, you know, we, we have plenty of strong hands. We have top two, maybe more than our opponent does, which is another hand that I think against this range can feel pretty good about uh, raising for value in certain spots. But yeah, I think to be doing a lot of bluffing against ranges strong, we need the poles of our range to be very potent. And so I think at this SPR, they just aren't. Our opponent, when they have ace-king, aces, is just pretty happy to put it in. And so I think that really puts a limit on what we can do, especially, you know, some players can get away, but this player we've already said maybe isn't recognizing rel- relative strength as much. So I think raising as a bluff is probably not really, it's not a realistic option. So I agree. I would just fold. Now I, I do think, you know, so so Hero does call, and I think this is a spot where calls are going to come through very frequently because, you know, you've queens, you've flatted, you're underrepped, and this is a board where you have, a, you know, you have second pair and a gut shot facing like a relatively small bet in a three-bet pot. You know, I don't think this screams full to most people. And I think we just have to remember that the range we're up against is very strong. And our implied odds are not very good. And we're out of position. And so I think it's just a very hard pot to win. I, I think we will end up folding the turn frequently against hands like ace-queen and tens, which, you know, they they don't have to bluff, but they can bluff. They very well may bluff. And so I don't think we get to just realize when we're ahead. And so I, I do think that our best course of action is just to fold. I think that was a a really like salient point about the reason part of the reason that we flatted queens here is because we thought we were up against a really tight range and then um we want to usually continue with the the same like line of logic that led us there. So I really like that point. Yeah, and it's you know it's possible to be in a spot where your opponent is much wider. Like if this is an opponent who can have ace jack Ace 10, you know, King Queen obviously isn't very good for us. So that, that, King that 10, becomes a problem. Oh, yeah. King 10 is also yeah. challenging for us. But, you know, potentially there's a way of for this to be a call. But, you know, it's really tough. This is just a board that looks better than it is for us because our opponent just has a lot of queen coverage, but also a lot of stronger top pair. And so it's just hard for us to make much out of this spot. So the, our our hero has different plans, though, doesn't he? Our hero calls, which I think is honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if I called in the moment. I think if if I let myself think through it for long enough, I would find a fold that I'm confident in. But if I was playing online, maybe playing on my phone, maybe listening to something while I'm playing, I might just flick it in and then be like, "Shit, well, how am I going to actually win this pot?" And then all of a sudden, the turn comes, the king of clubs. And it goes, check, check. And now all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, maybe I just have the best hand. Because when, it, when the king comes, well, what do you think? How often do you think a hero has the best hand when it goes check, check on this king? I'm, I'm not sure it's 
so great for us. I think that certainly when our opponent, when the villain has aces, they're going to check this king, but I could also see them be concerned about what they're getting any value from with ace-king on this king turn. Yeah, I don't know if that's consistent with the same player who's overvaluing certain hands a little bit that they're that they're thinking about that step. But, you know, yeah, if you have ace-king here, like maybe you're getting value from king-queen, but, um, yeah, it's pretty hard for any other hand that you beat to continue here. Well, I think that's that should be more true than it actually is. That a lot of players will just barrel ace king thinking that, you know, they can get they can target like king queen, king ten and deny equity from queen jack, jack ten, queens, tens, maybe nine ten. Which, you know, th- th- that's all true. And getting those hands to call or fold, I think, has value. I think also a lot of people raise stronger than ace-king on the flop. And so ace-king may-, may just feel like it always is best. Uh, and that it won't induce very many bluffs. So I-, I personally would expect most ace-king to bet here. I definitely think aces checks a lot. I think worse than a king checks a lot. I think ace-queen may decide to bluff, but also just checks a lot. I think the king is kind of scary unless like, you just have king or ace-king or set of jacks. Jack's full at this point. I do think quad-kings will check most of the time in position. So I think that's a hand that gets checked back. But definitely, you know, we should expect different players to play this spot a little bit differently, and so some mixing has to happen in our evaluation of our opponent's range. But I feel pretty good about our opponent betting most days king. Yeah, I I think it it depends a bit on the the player type, but um it, a lot of our it's a it's a better event for our hand certainly when it goes check check on this turn. We, we may be ahead sometimes, like maybe I had some ace-jack or something that just kind of auto-bet the flop or um, like a hand like queen-jack suited or something. It's worth mentioning also that this king brings back to our clubs, so the king and the nine, our clubs. And so some of that ace-queen or potentially ace-jack or potentially some bluffs are also club draws. And so... You know, we should expect our opponent to have some flushes when the club comes down the river, or also expect some of those club draws to probably bet maybe a little more frequently than non-club draws. So would you ever value bet or bluff a blank river? How are you approaching like the deuce of diamonds on the river here? I I think when we when we check, I think it gives a lot of hands kind of the green light to go off like ace queen or um, pocket tens or something. I don't think like, would we check raise then? Hmm. (laughs) I'm kind of, I'm wondering if like 
Because I think I check fold might be best on the river again, on like a blank. I think I'm trying to think like oh, how really? a blocking size would function. But well, you said you think a lot ace, of queen, and tens has license to go off if we have them or if our opponent has them. Um, I'm thinking if we check on the river, we might face a hand like yeah, ace queen bluffing us or tens bluffing us and then we have to decide like we could if we can call there um, because there might be some aces in that range again and some ace king tens might just decide to check back in that case another thing I'm thinking about like is how a block would function but I think aces there's going to be like six combos of aces that just kind of calls and um, but I don't think we get raised very much from by ace queen and like get put into a tough spot by a lot of bluffs when we block the river just because we can so easily have a king. Um, so maybe we could block and get like a call from like ace jack. Um, yeah, any like jack x that played this way. Um, we could still be losing to some hands, though. Um, there's, yeah, there's just six combos of aces that are going to be calling if we bet here on the river. I personally think... Well, I think block is reasonable if we can get called by worse. So, yeah, how many, however many jack X's our president will call, and if tens will call, I think is the main consideration. Now... If we don't think those will call or exist, and I think there's a reasonable chance that there's not much jack X and that tens won't call, then I think check raise might be our best strategy. Because I think, well, first of all, it's probably what I would do if I had a king, for one. Because I think this is the type of spot where our opponent, well, there's sort of two ways to go about it with aces. You know, one is you just check back, which when we have queens, if we check and our aces checks back, that's pretty nice. Or two, aces says, that's too nitty. I have aces. I'm going to value bet. And if aces value bets and then we raise, I think it's very easy for aces to then say, well, shit. You know. He had a king. This is a very easy way for my opponent to play a king or to play Mm -hmm. a full house or to play a straight. There's a lot of hands that can play this way, so I fold. So my feeling is check raise sort of, we get the best of all worlds, where if our opponent checks back aces, we win. If our opponent bets aces, we have a good chance of winning. If our opponent checks back, check backs bluff, checks back bluffs, we win. And if our opponent bets bluffs, then we definitely win. We win a lot. So, so I think the check raise can be very good here when it goes check check on the turn. Yeah. Yeah, you've won me over. Um I think I think if there's n- if there's not too much king x in the range, which there probably isn't too much then. Um I like check raise river. Yeah, we end up like yeah, making making money from against aces and against the ace queen combos. Yeah, aces pretty likely folds to the check raise. And if it doesn't, then I think 
check collar block become better. I think folding to a small bet is going to be tough here. It could be the best play. That There's definitely opponent strategies where that would be the best play, but feels shitty. I don't, I don't think we can be confident enough our opponent's not bluffing and confident enough our opponent won't fold aces for me to want to consider that too heavily. Now that, interestingly, we don't get the opportunity to sort of put that plan into action. So sorry to everyone who just had to listen to that. Instead, we get very much not a blank. We get the queen of diamonds. So we rivered a full house. So we are now ahead of aces and ace-king. We are ahead of tens, which is a straight. We are potentially losing to hands like king-queen, king-jack, if those ever play this way and don't bet the turn. So not too many of those. We're definitely behind kings, which there's one combo, and I think it can play that way. Uh, we, we do have the queen of spades, which means that there's one remaining combo of king-queen suited that was... There, were, there, there are no combos of king-queen suited that are possible. So I think it's not very likely that we're up against better hands other than occasionally a set of kings. Although, you know, king-queen off, you know, it's, it's not impossible. But maybe we can round all the combos that beat us to like one and a half to two combos. How's that feel? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, yeah, I think there are like, I give like maybe a third of ace king to our opponent here um, as well, um, which we're beating at this point. Yeah, I think, I mean, we can, we can bucket these hands in a few ways. Like there's, so what are the hands that bet when we check? I think it's a really important question. Yeah, so the ace-king that checked back on the turn will probably bet on this river. I think it feels like too nitty to check that hand a second time. I think like pocket kings, obviously, that we lose to will we'll bet on the river. And then maybe like a few combos, a few full house combos that we lose to. I think tens will bet the river, but that might not always get here as played. Maybe they've our opponent has like two to three combos of tens here, uh, which makes a straight on the river. I don't know. That hand, that'd be nitty to check back that hand. So, yeah, maybe two combos of tens that we can check raise against. Um, you think only two? Yeah, just because yeah. maybe like yeah, two, two get bet, like two don't get three bet, and like, you know, a couple combos, yeah, um, aren't bet on the flop. And like maybe sometimes they don't go for value on the end here. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about betting something kind of ridiculously small? Like a, an FU bet? Like an FU bet. <laughs> Like, let's say $65, something like that. I think that'll function well against Ace. I don't know. Like, some opponent might just, like, see this 
see this board and get like too too scared to raise tens. Um, I guess if they're the type of player that three bet with pocket tens, then they uh, they might they'll be more likely to raise here facing facing that sizing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think player was I don't described. Think, I don't think aces raises a small bet though, and that's kind of no. A I don't either. Be nice, like when they when aces does bet, which is six combos. Like that's a pretty big portion at this point. Um, that's really when good does for that? Us. I don't think that hand bets very often on the river. Yeah, I mean, maybe it does. If it does, then I de- I definitely like to check. If it doesn't, then I, I kind of like betting more because when our opponent has hands like aces or ace-queen, we make that tiny bet like they almost always call. I don't think ace-queen will bet very much. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that becomes a question, just how often does our opponent bet? I would assume all the tens that get here bet. And then the question becomes, like, does tens call like a check-raise or check-shove? And it's a tough one. You know... I think it sh- probably shouldn't because the type of hands that need the bluff. Yeah. It requires a don't. lot of discipline though in like yeah. in a pot this big. And we, we know our opponent overvalues absolute strength. Mm-hmm. So like a straight, I feel good saying that a straight's not going to fold. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, you know, I don't have a very good feel for this play in the sense. I don't know if they're going to raise or bet aces. The nice thing about the fuck you bet is sometimes your opponent will just like start to bluff with hands they really shouldn't. Now, I make the fuck you bet to get called by hands like ace, queen, and aces, but those are liable to raise as a bluff. And I think also tens, especially with this play description, will typically raise that very small bet. And then the question becomes, do we three bet shove or just call and I think we just call because there's such a parlay. I mean I just think we're up against kings enough relative to like how often these other hands play this way and then ultimately call that uh, three bet that we're probably losing money although you know you never know so there there is the you never know factor to yeah. the three bet shove what about, which, uh, what about bet big we might get heroed by aces and I could see it being kind of a factor where like it's a big pot you have aces and you want to show everyone like how unlucky you were yeah this like players that. overvaluing hands um, that could be a, a might be a better way to get value from value from aces um, we we lose money against the tens that are here that likely just just um call at this point but i think it might be worth it just to to get some value from pocket aces and like yeah ace king is difficult to say like um if that would call a a check raise the ace king that got here yeah well we have a lot of good options here i think I like the small bet to try and get value, get tens to raise, minimize what we lose to kings and other you know better hands, and potentially induce bluffs. 
I like the large bet to try and get the max from like the skeptical ace, king, aces, and get a significant amount from tens. Uh, we getting raised after making a larger bet is tricky, but we probably just call it off. I think even if that it can be just kings some of the time, I think there's just enough shenanigans, including tens, that can happen that we're just not going to fold after we put in a large bet here. And I think I don't love check because I'm just worried check shove doesn't... It's just really hard for us to get called by worse. And there's a good chance that a lot of second best hands just check back that would have put in money one way or another if we had bet ourselves. Uh, And I don't think our opponent has a lot of really natural bluffs here. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, it's it's tough because like you can make a case for a lot of things because it's one of those spots where it's a like we have a really good hand and like that's the good thing that happened and then we have to decide which of these is the the highest EV line um, even though they're all going to be high EV because we have a boat on the river and there's a lot of hands we can get value from. So Hero bets $100, which I think you can go... I like the size. I like the thought. Uh, and I think going smaller is reasonable to try and make it more likely you induce raises. I think it's fairly likely tens is going to raise you here. But I also think like if we make it a little smaller, it just looks so dumb that like you might get hands to just kind of like steam raise you. There's a we have a lot of I guess sometimes we raise jacks, but we definitely have a lot of full houses here, like King Queen, you know, pocket queens. Um, maybe some combos of King Jack. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like the size. Um it, it there, there's a chance I think it actually is better than sixty five if sixty five sort of triggers certain Yeah. The pot bells. size is is what at this point? 250 plus like 350 maybe a little less 340 uh the pot is like four like a little under 450 450 okay so yeah i guess i i think 65 is maybe too small uh now i think about it Mm -hmm. uh yeah i like 100 a lot i think it's a very good size so hero faces a small raise to 235 there is a case for a shove to try and get value because there's not that many hands that beat us but I think I prefer call because I just think it's unlikely enough we get called by any worse hand that the amount we lose to kings plus anything else that's better is kind of prohibitive yeah we'd have like 500 more that we'd be raising on top. You know, the thing that would change that for me is if we think that this raise size to 235 is just not ever kings. And I think there's a case to be made that that's true, in which case we're closer to a free roll on a shove. If it's the kind of player that's three betting tens here and playing tens for this size, then... They might have more combos of 
king queen but that might that might also just go larger because it is it is the nuts like yeah no one can have a better hand yeah i think i think i, I like raising all in like especially when it's this opponent description um that they might overvalue some hands like let's just try and get called by 10 some of the time in like a really big pot and yeah hopefully we're not up against kings but we probably i I agree we probably aren't for this 235 size and you know give give our opponent a chance to make a big mistake with pocket tens yeah that sounds good to me my instinct was to call but i i do think that this size is just it's a little too juicy Hero does call, and Dylan had pocket tens, so possibly we could have uh, possibly we could have got it all. But I also think there's a good chance tens would just fold here, uh, which is a big part of the risk of shoving. But I, I do like going for it. Anyway, I think this, you know, it was a tricky spot because I think the flop is where the big mistake happened. But I think it's a mistake that. So many people make that I have a hard time, you know, holding it against hero here. But I do think it's uh, it's something that anyone who's you know finds himself in this spot and is playing the same way should reconsider. Yeah, it's something I look for too. Like if I think my opponent is really like high paired dense, I'm going to expect them to call with those hands more than they should and like just get a little bit too sticky with them so don't let that be you all right well you heard it here fold fold queens (laughs) fold them all the time here they're everywhere (laughs) all right james well thank you for joining me thank you everyone for listening uh thank you to our just hands member for submitting this very interesting hand hopefully we'll see some more of you guys uh trickle into the membership group you can always you can get your seat by going to Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. All right, James. Thank you, and we'll talk to you guys next week.